Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Green Wisdom Health Show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. Here to bring you a very informative show again as normal, or we hope it is anyway. Today we will be discussing obesity, the national plague. And many of you are going, I don't think I'm obese. I look fine when I look around and see everyone else. They all look like me, so I've got to be okay. So today we are going to explain what exactly qualifies as obese, what kind of um, excess visceral fat that is linked with that would be an increased risk for different conditions. So uh, Dr. Lewis, can you help us clarify what an obese person is? How do we go about figuring out if we are? And why should we listen to this show? Because we really don't think we are. Well, first of all, our our perception of what normal is or what fat is has changed over the years. Uh, You know, I lost, uh, I guess, a little bit of weight a while back, and Janet's stepmom says, oh, we were worried about you. You were just too skinny. And it's like, well, I was right where I should have been. I'm thinking, you've got really bad macular degeneration. How can you tell I'm skinny? I think it's like the old witch uh, trying to feel the finger of, uh, what was that, Hansel and Gretel? Our perceptions change, though, and she likes her Janet's stepmom likes me better when I'm fat. And right now, my BMI is 26.1. I'm 5'10", 182 pounds, which really for our society is not bad at all, but that's still about 10 pounds overweight. Janet's BMI came in way, way under that. I uh, came in at a 23. And if you're wondering, because I'm, I'm like, what is this BMI thing? A lot of people don't even know what it is, but for many years, doctors would use insurance statistics to determine what people should weigh, which is scary. Um, but now we have a better approach called the body mass index. Um, and it is important to understand that the risk of weight-related health problems based on a BMI. So if you're under 24 or less, you're considered healthy. And at a BMI of 26 to 27, you're about 20% overweight, and anything 30 and higher is considered obese. And, and, and I take exception to that. You, you know, there's a lot of things you need to factor into this, because if I lost 20% of my weight to get there, that would mean I'd have to lose 18 plus 18, so 36. If I lost 36 pounds, I'd be skinny as a rail. Yeah, and there are calculators that are available online. I I went to caloriecontrol.org, and you can put your height, weight, and um, and that will calculate your body mass index and tell you what you are. But uh, individuals who fall in a 25 to 34.9 and have a waist size of over 40 inches for men and 35 inches for women are considered to be a especially high risk for health problems. So if you know what your waist size is and you fall into this, then you might be more um, willing to listen to the show and we can help you along with how to reduce that. Well, let's get right back into the meat and the fat of the show because you shouldn't be doing sugars or too many carbohydrates that turn to sugars. A lot of people say, well, I don't do sugar. And then they you know, load up on seven carbohydrates during a meal. And I do have a lot to say, so excuse me while I ramble. Uh, one of the things is, and there's there's so many good studies coming out, I don't know how anybody could read them all and understand them all because I know I can't. 
there's plenty of uh, research that connects sugar consumption to cancer. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. And I've been talking about a Johns Hopkins uh, study for years about how sugar can contribute or cause cancer. But then it feeds yeast. It increases the dysbiosis or, or uh, uh, incorrect microbiome in the gut. Uh, if you want to get super, super technical, there's a book called uh, Cancer is a Fungus, which frankly, if I had a pretty bad cancer, I think I'd go to that guy in Rome, Italy, although we've seen him here. Uh, you know, why not go to Rome and get well? But anyway, and so it's the sugar that fed that creates an incorrect microbiome, which has to do with what, folks? Everything. It, it has, you know, about your mood, your increased risk of uh, becoming diabetic, having cancer, having dementia, da-da-da-da-da, and uh, anger issues. But think every time you're eating sugar and you're feeding your kids and grandkids things that are full of sugar, and yes, including the simple carbohydrates, which think if it's made of a grain, you pretty much should not be doing it because even Dr. Lewis got slapped with, oh my God, you're gluten intolerant and it's going to make your health go to heck in a bucket. Uh, that creates many times the high sugar will increase your triglycerides. Then you'll get the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or can. And then you have to go for months and months and months and months and clean up your liver, which we can do. We have natural solutions for common ailments. Uh, and I, I did a thing on Facebook the other day about hyperactivity. And one of the guys I went to school with up in upstate New York said, BS, there's no such thing as hyperactivity, da 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 And it's like, well, you're an idiot. And I love him dearly, but he's an idiot. Uh, yeah, I've seen horrible ADD, ADHD, and I've seen kids change and get really, really good. It's okay to be a kid and be creative and be curious, but I've seen the bad effects of this ADD, ADHD. So, yes, Dr. Watson, it does exist. Uh, maybe in your little world it doesn't in Canandaigua, New York, but it does here. Um, so, the other thing I'd like to talk about before I get really deep into it is there's there's also new research that talks about common drugs may alter gut bacteria and increase your health risk. I think it says may, and it's like, really? Why don't you just say it does? Because it does. And I'm not anti-drug. Being a chiropractor, I actually like our medical profession more than most of our clients, which is crazy because the medical profession can do some really, really good things. Um, it goes into IBS and uh, leaky gut, and they found at least 18 common drugs impact the gut. Now, keep in mind, obesity and visceral fat and microbiome or your probiotics have everything to do with how your body functions. But some of the major drugs that can impact in a bad way your obesity or people that are taking PPIs and Genesis, don't say PPI. Most people don't know what that is. Think uh, Tums, Tagamet, Xanax, Zantag, all those acid reducers, whatever they are. Uh, metformin. Well, geez. <laughs> and they're usually on that because they're obese to start with. Yeah, or, or diabetic. And, mm -hmm. and they go hand in hand. 
uh, antibiotics. And, you know, antibiotics have saved millions and millions of lives, but I've read medical research that says if you're lucky, you can get your microbiome balanced within two months to two years after a 10-day round of antibiotics. And I've taken antibiotics, and God bless them, they did me a lot of good in the stupid stuff I got myself into. Uh, but if you take antibiotics, we've got some super-duper, holy cow, good probiotics that can get in there and overpower the yeast that can begin to overgrowth, and even laxatives that can help treat constipation. Well, if you have constipation, you have gut problems anyway. Sometimes it's as simple as a thyroid issue, and sometimes it's not enough hydrochloric acid, but you think it's too much because you have the same symptoms and uh the for example the people that took metformin had higher levels of e coli then they you know more e coli can cause diarrhea your body's trying to get rid of it and cause more urinary tract and uh, infections so there's just lots and lots of uh things you need to consider you know to be healthy so that being said Let's just kind of get into the diet, and Janet, you can bring me back, reel me in anytime you want. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different types of diets, and, and everybody says, well, I'm going to change this and change that and write a book. Well, there's not that many differences, and in one book, uh, I think is a good one, I, and I read dozens and dozens and dozens of books every year. I've read many dozens of diet books, and they all say pretty much the same thing. Get off processed food, which most of us don't do. But one of the things that one book said uh, is the optimal human diet is not something that should require overly careful formulation by calories or percentages. I agree, because most people stress themselves out trying to do it perfectly. And they said, much less by blood type, a person should not need a calorie counter or percentage guide or any sort of manual in tow to go to the market to buy food. I agree with that. And people say, well, I read this blood type book. And it's like, yeah, the only person that likes it is the guy that wrote it. Now, there are some general tendencies in the book that I think are true. Janice, type A, I'm type O. And we do have a little bit different just, but it's natural the way we eat because if you're close to your body and closer to God, listening with your discerning spirit, you're going to eat according to the way you should. And you people overthink it, and they stress themselves out, and I think that's a terrible thing. Um, every structure and function of the human body, you've got to understand, every structure and function are built from and run on nutrients. Now, you know you can't get it out of your diet. We've gone over that until... Some people are probably nauseous hearing about it. I don't care how organic you farm stuff, and that's a big improvement, but it's not nearly close to the 100% you can be. Uh, Generally speaking, we're all hunter-gatherers because we've been around for how many thousands of years? You know, some people say as much as 100,000 generations. You know, generations considered 20 years or so. So we're all pretty much biologically and genetically, physiologically, hunter-gatherers. Some of the things that 
it does vary because if you were to live on the coast, you would have a little bit more seafood. And, you know, the old people, they used to eat insects. Insects are full of good protein. I know we've been conditioned to think they're pretty yucky. Not that I want to start eating crickets and earthworms, but, you know, if I was out and had to, I'd at least know that that I could get by on it. And the other thing is that's fallen out of fashion is people have gotten to where they won't eat organ meats. You You need to eat the marrow out of the bones. You need to eat the different organ meats. Now, I don't like liver, but I will kind of sort of do it. Um, That's I, interesting. You bring yeah, this up. She gave me that little smile. I read between the lines on that. You saying eat eat meat, eat organ meat? That was actually one of our questions. Was what did we think about um, the Impossible Burgers and uh, Beyond Burger? When you say, is, is this a good <laughs> alternative to people that don't really like to eat meat or want to eat? Something uh, different? Yeah, I kind of got beat up on Facebook the other day. Of course, the the thing about it is I don't care what their opinion is. Uh, Although these are people I very, very much love. But it's like, you know, tell me you're a vegan and then order a bison burger when you're sitting with me. And it's like, I understand you're, you're against factory farms. So am I. Factory farms are horrible. But when you're planting your soybean crops which is something you should stay the heck away from you're killing the heck out of animals that you you know claim to protect i you know we ate some of that impossible meat or whatever the hell it was and uh yeah it tasted fine need a little bit more spice the the texture was great and it's going to come at a greater cost to human health because it's from soy and sometimes pea protein and it's full of glyphosate folks that stuff's killing us and it's killing my bees well that's what i was going to say uh it's basically created from water pea protein isolate expeller press canola oil refined canola's poison folks refined coconut oil and rice protein and then the top five ingredients in the impossible burger are soy protein concentrate mm-hmm. uh-huh and we all know we think soy is so great yeah it gives men boobs so yeah it's probably good for us hormonally and, gives, and then you uh, alter it and make it into a cancerous type thing which soy is always good at, at uh, making the bad estrogens higher anyway yeah you know you read good and bad about soy and that's why i tell people listen with a discerning spirit so you're saying eat good meat the marrow out of the bone yeah. You're talking about grass-fed beef and that kind of thing, well, well, right? Well, yeah, and I'm very very much against the factory farm when they're standing up to their knees in excrement, and they're in, you've got stressed-out cows and chickens. i got friends that raise chickens. Hey, I'm against that, too. I don't think it's a murder when you're killing something. After this discussion on Facebook, it's like, you know, I hadn't shot a deer in 17 years. I think I'm going to go shoot one. But, uh, you know, we got wild pigs and deer down here in Texas. It, it's a little bit easy to get better, cleaner meat just by shooting them. That's mostly eating acorns and things like that. So, you know, lots lots of things that we can talk about. So, I, you know, do what you want to do. But I've only seen one healthy vegan in all the labs that I've done. I've seen one that's just incredibly healthy. And it's the people that eat primal, paleo, Atkins, keto, 
that are the healthiest on lab. Now, you, there's dirty keto. I'm not saying eat dirty keto. I'm saying eat clean keto. What's dirty keto? Well, you know, you can eat the, the fats and the meats, but, you know, some people say, well, I'm going to eat all these, uh, uh, you know, like lunch meats, processed meats, oh. bologna and hot dogs. It's like, no, 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 that's dirty. It's nasty. And, you know, that's as nasty as these soybeans. It's full of glyphosate, too. Well, I think that... You know, creating anything in a lab-grown uh, area for our meat is not about helping the world be healthier or eliminating animal suffering. It's about dominating billionaires looking to put patents on the food system. So you might look into that as you're considering going into these other kind of meats. And I see uh, Burger King is bringing that out now for one of their burgers. Well, you can sure as heck have it. I'm not eating that crap. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, the the biggest thing, you know, we're talking about obesity and we're talking about the link to cancer and diabetes and dementia, et cetera, et cetera. Cancer loves sugar. We've known this for over 100 years. And when you start going keto and going high fat, I've always been an Atkins keto fan, even when primal paleo was a little bit higher on the protein and not so high on the fat. If you start burning fat you know, you can't say you're going to cure cancer, but you quit feeding it and you quit feeding the yeast that can, yeast and fungus, turn into cancer. Go back to that book, uh, Cancer is a Fungus, which is way above my head. But um, you can pretty much have a lack of plant material and still be healthy. I'm not a big fan of carnivore diet, but I know one guy asked me my advice, and he's a nationally known guy. I said, well, go for it. We'll do your lab. We'll figure it out. Fat is the prime commodity if you want to concentrate your nutrient and energy value. And we've known that for eh, almost 100 years. So because fat's efficient, it's dense, it's prolonged burning fuel. And that's where most people get healthier, including rebuilding their brain and having bigger, better functioning brain but not if it's coming off of your belly right like pronounced off of your belly no i mean that's a bad thing but you know that comes from carbohydrates and sugars for the most part and now people say fat is bad fat's not bad unless it's hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated and even trans fats have gotten a bad rap if you get your body to where it burns this fat it's going to start burning it off of the belly and that's very very important for good health in a lot of different ways um brandy out there was talking about she saw a documentary about somebody that was uh, doing a autopsy on a, a obese woman and how the doctor said it's so greasy she's having trouble holding the scalpel and i said well i've been in the middle of that i've dissected bodies and it's like that's when i decided i would never get overweight although according to my bmi they say I need to lose 36 pounds. No, I need to lose 10. And 10 would make me look skinny where Janet's stepmom would worry about me again. Well, you, doesn't that fat actually wrap around major organs like the liver, pancreas, and kidneys? It's the visceral fat. Yeah, it does. And you'd, again, when you start dissecting people, which I was fortunate to get to do, I didn't think so at the time, but now I can look back on it and have a greater appreciation for what I learned there. Um, yeah, you know, you need to do that. So 
learn to eat fat so your body burns fat and you will be better off now you can still use plant-based fat although i'm a big fan of animal fat and you've got to balance the omega-3s and the sixes etc etc um there's there's just so much i'm sorry i can't get it all into 30 minutes but you know the uh visceral fat or being obese or just overweight it's associated with heart disease Strokes, blindness, nerve impairment, you know, think uh, peripheral nerve pain, hands and feet, basically. Uh, think gallstones, kidney stones, high cholesterol. Most of them have had their gallbladder taken out when they've reached that kind of weight limit. That seems to be the thing. Yeah, well, you know, gallbladder attacks are absolutely horrific. I've had them, but I've kept my gallbladder and did things to clean up those cholesterol stones and, you know, be able to digest them and clean it up. Um, All of this can cause very, very often hypertension, which goes along with the heart issues and ovarian dysfunction. We're getting to the point where we're seeing within the last 10 years, we're seeing more and more people that are infertile. So pay attention. Oh, well, the next thing on my list was reproductive problems, preeclampsia, depression. Dementia. I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm very well aware of that because I've seen it in my genetic testing. I've seen it in my mother. But we, my brother and I, Dr. James Lewis, we kept it off. It was getting obvious in my mother's 60s, and it didn't really kick her butt till somewhere around 88 to 92. So you can put off... And alter genetic function. It's very important. It can also increase your risk of cancer that we talked about because all these diseases share one mechanism, folks. That's inflammation. <laughs> you love that word. Well, and out of all the things you're telling them that it does, uh, including you making it harder to lose weight and that kind of thing, is there something, what do you recommend for somebody that's stuck and you maybe they're new listening to the show and they say, Hey, I'm overweight. I I'm trying to eat good. I'm trying to do these things you say, but I can't lose weight. Well, get your lab because it can be so many different things. People say, Well, it's my thyroid and it's like, Well, it can be, but it can be so many different other things. Yeah, like what other kind of things when you're looking at lab and your you adrenal know, for, glands, your hormones, your low vitamin D, your neutrophils and lymphocytes and monocytes and eosinophils which say, oh, geez, you've got 43 on your eosinophils. There's a whole long list of bad things that can be going on, but it's almost always uh, intestinal parasites. Of course, I'm a chiropractor. I don't diagnose that. I just throw things in, and your body gets well. It's, you know, we've, we've lost our ability in America and maybe worldwide. I don't know. We've lost our ability to think our body's smart enough to heal itself, and that's why I said at the first of the show, we don't need charts and graphs and this and this and this. Y'all are overthinking it. Throw it in, ask God to bless it, and it really does work that well. But even our government, and everybody knows how brilliant our government is, they say that we only get 40% of the magnesium that we need every day. I've read other things that said the government says we're 92% deficient. Uh, lack of magnesium can cause diabetes and, and you know, contribute to forming fat. Uh, sodas and other sugary drinks increase obesity in children. And I'm talking about if it's diet, that's worse. And we're talking about studies. You know, this is Journal of Lancet that I'm reading out of and uh, American Journal of Hypertension. 
So, the, you know, these, these are real studies. One of the things that uh, I was trying to find it in my notes, I always write about three hours worth, uh, lipoic acid, N-acetylcysteine, flavonoids and bioflavonoids, essential fatty acids, which is a good fish oil. Most fish oils like your ex, they're what are not these, good. What are these products you're naming off? What are they for? Well, for inflammation and okay. uh, to decrease the, or the harm that sugar and some carbohydrates have. Okay. And one of the things, because Janet and I had a long discussion about our bromelain, which goes out and eats up inflammation, lowers your chance of heart attack and stroke, your CRP. But we decided, you know, we're going to quit just doing the bromelain. We're going to put something in it called quercetin. And you know what? Quercetin reduces insulin resistance. Now, folks, that's not Dr. Lewis's opinion. That's Journal of Biochemistry and Pharmacology. No wonder I like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I have felt better doing that product. Fenugreek helps with insulin resistance. It also helps build testosterone. Men also helps uh, bring in the breast milk for you women that have trouble with that. And they also make probiotics that are specific for weight loss, do they not, that that can help somebody with cravings and that kind of thing. I mean, are there any products that someone can take that doesn't do lab that would just like some help controlling their appetite? Yeah, this was one that I rolled my eyes. That's a Lewis thing. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started taking it. I took it a little incorrectly, but uh, it's called ProBioLean. And I went from 187, 188 down to 182. And sometimes I hit down 179. So, you know, anywhere from eight, seven, eight to 10 pounds. Just. This probiolene is what did it. And you did two of those at night or in the morning? Or when yeah, did you do it? It's supposed to be in the morning. Dr. Lewis doesn't do anything by the rules, so don't do what I do. <laughs> uh, the DIM 150, which I take that to clean up my prostate, make sure it's clean and away from these estrogen mim- mimickers, but the DIM 150 can ah. help alter the uh, xenoestrogens or, or estrogen mimickers. which are endocrine disruptors. That's ED. So endocrine disruptors, guys, causes ED. And the soy from those Beyond Burgers, that DIM 150 would be a great thing. It helped trying to clean back up, right? Yeah. uh, You know, I'm sorry. There's people that want to eat that stuff, and that's fine. But ask me, am I going to eat it? The answer is hell no. I ain't going to do it. I think we got that. I did it once. Do you have anything else over there in your little arsenal for helping control uh, cravings or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's she she done gone from preaching to getting personal there. It's called glucose support. And when I take this stuff, you know, Janet say, well, did you take your glucose support? Janet has never asked a question she didn't already know the answer to. And when I take it, I don't crave anything. There's Bluebell getting frostbit in, you know, in the freezer. And it's like, no. Nah. And it's got the chromium, the biotin, vanadium, alpha lipoic acid, the N-acetylcysteine that I already mentioned. It's got banaba and gynemia. It's really, really, really good. And so Brian down in, is it St. Martin or San Martin? He's vacationing down there. You and I are going to get skinnier together and healthier. And I know you're on vacation down there. So, you know, (laughs) drink up and eat up. But I'll get you when you get back to Florida. And speaking of questions, we want to we have a couple of more here. We want to make sure we answer uh, that people are kind enough to write in on our shooting straight with Dr. Lewis closed Facebook group, which you can be a part of if you'll just send him a request. And that's shooting with no G. Um, Because I don't know how to spell. 
Richard wants to know how you test the shell that holds the vitamin together and how long to dissolve in our stomachs. You know, I've seen tests. People put different supplements in water and say, well, it doesn't dissolve. Well, there's a lot of supplements. You know, I tell you, there's some good ones and there's some bad ones. Some of them are full of wax, so they're not going to dissolve anyway. But it's not fair because our stomach is, you know, 100 and whatever degrees. And it should be full of acid and enzymes and uh, pancreatic enzymes uh, should take place. The used to, it was gelatin. So people that had uh, religious objections couldn't do it because it was an animal part. But now they're doing like a microcrystalline cellulose or something like that. It's a vegetable capsule. And your body should take care of that, especially if you're taking our digestive enzymes. They figure that in or factor that in, and you should be good. And it should go away in just a, I don't know, just a very few minutes. Thank you, Richard, for that question. And then Lena would like to know, are there significant differences in liquid versus capsule supplements besides absorption? So is it okay? Is is liquid just as strong as a capsule, or is there big differences between them? I love Lena. She's a sweetheart. It's a good question. Uh, yeah, she gives good hugs too. Um, you know that that question kind of implies uh, differences in liquid versus capsule besides absorption. So I want to address that. There's a lot of hype and smoke and mirrors and bull that's thrown out, and I tell people don't fall for the hype you don't get better absorption because it's a liquid because it goes into your stomach boom it's a liquid because i had a guy ask me one time well what about this quart full of uh, b vitamins etc etc i said well if you took away the water how much do you think could be left and he you know put his thumb and finger together a very small amount I said, so, geez, you're paying an extra 30 bucks just for the water in it. He said, I never thought about it. I said, if you look at what's in there versus the capsules, you really get a lot more for your money doing the capsules. Uh, So are there any significant differences? And I've taken the liquid stuff until I started really investigating it. I'm just not impressed with paying all that extra money for the water that's in it. So So they're just not as strong, basically, as a powdered form of it. Well, to me, plus it tasted pretty yucky. Uh, But, you know, B vitamins do that. I really think just find something you trust. It's more about the form, whether it's cyanocobalamin or methylcobalamin, whether it's uh, B6 or it's P5P activated B6, whether it's folic acid or uh, methyl tetrahydrofolate, the MTHF, or the quatrifolic, which is the more absorbable if you've got that MTHFR gene, like half of us or so. So thank you, Lena, for that question. And uh, geez, we're out of time again. I don't know where this show has gone, but it went by very quickly. But if you guys are feeling like you're a little bit puffy or have a little bit of a belly distending over your belt and would like to take the first step to getting well and have never experienced our services, please go to greenwisdomhealth.com, fill out our health survey. It will recommend you lab panels. They generally are about 12 panels or more, so we are not guessing at what's wrong with your health and all the things Dr. Lewis mentioned of what we look for in lab to see why you have the extra belly fat is a part of those panels, and we can do them across the United States. 
And we, again, appreciate you listening to our show. Please like us on iTunes if you are listening on that uh, uh, way to listen to the podcast. We appreciate any feedback that we get back with the show, and we really appreciate your questions. You guys have a blessed week, and we'll be here next time on the Green Wisdom Health Show. Once again, our show has come to an end, but your hope in your health is only beginning. If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. Please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.